Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condice Presley. Health officials estimate that one in 99 Americans will be diagnosed with the AIDS virus in their lifetime. They also say the risk though is declining. But for gay black men, the CDC says as many as one in two will get HIV. Joining us to discuss this very important subject are Nicole Roebuck. She is the Interim Executive Director for Aid Atlanta, and Dwayne Ford. He is the Associate Director of Prevention Services. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. That report earlier this month from the CDC was, it was, it was pretty startling. Front page in the AJC. Nicole, startling to you all, or is, were these statistics that you knew? Not startling. Um or not shocking to us because we are actually in the trenches, um, but still alarming. They're still alarming statistics. And I am really happy that actually the word is getting out more about just how um, serious the situation is here in Atlanta and in the state of Georgia. So no, we were not surprised because we see the epidemic role you know, come into our doors every day, but it is alarming. And I think the community needs to hear that message loud and clear. Now, Mr. Ford, uh, Aid Atlanta has been in the trenches in this battle since the very beginning, going back to the early 80s. How has the work that your organization does today changed from what you were doing 30 plus years ago? Well, I think it has changed according to the infection rate and according to the demographic that the infection um, is impacting the most. And as you just mentioned earlier about the statistic that the CDC reported, one in two African-American men or gay black men would um, acquire the um, virus indicates that our programs are shifting towards seeing why that's happening, what prevention methods we can use, and how we can reduce those risks. But Today, a diagnosis of, of HIV, as we've seen, even with the Charlie Sheen reveal earlier this year, it is not the death sentence that it was years ago. Not at all. It's not a death sentence. And it's actually a preventable disease, and that's why we have prevention and um, education services, awareness services for those populations, because you can actually prevent um, yourself from contracting the disease, but in the unfortunate instance that someone does contract the disease, there are, there's care, there's treatment, there's um, fantastic medications out there to treat HIV. And, you know, there are many people, many, many people living, surviving and thriving with HIV. Um, and you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know if you looked at them. And probably the most famous person living with HIV today is Magic Johnson. I mean, he received his diagnosis I don't remember when, but a very early on. long time ago, early on. Yeah, exactly. And I think a point um, that we can make or want everyone to know is that the same medicine that he uses 
is available to people who may be in a different um, economic bracket, there's a perception that maybe he has a different kind of medicine because of who he is and his elite uh, status. But we have the same medicine for, for someone that's coming off the street as we would give to someone that's coming um, with a, a lot of money to afford to pay for themselves. So there isn't a difference in how we care for it or whom we care for when we give it to. It's just making sure that the people understand that the most important component of HIV is to be educated first and to understand as Nicole indicated earlier that it is 100% preventable. So that's kind of where we dive in to make sure that educational component is um, put out there first. But in the event that someone does contract HIV and needs medical care, you're correct. We definitely have the medicine. We definitely have the service. And the person does not have to wonder, you know, what's going to happen if I, if, if I start taking this meds. Will, I, will this progress to AIDS? And it doesn't have to if they catch it early enough. It does not have to. How expensive is it to live with HIV? I mean, talk, talking about costs for, for medication, because again, as you say, education is critically important, but if there's someone who needs to call you guys, who needs your services, but is reluctant to do so because of the fear of the cost of the medication, can you diffuse some of that fear for us? Absolutely. Um, as, as Dwayne mentioned, there are several programs offered through federal grant funding that can assist somebody who might not be able to afford their medications. There's a program through the state called the AIDS Drug Assistance Program, and those are, medic those are um, funds that we can access for people who are either um, uninsured, low income, no income, and at a particular um, poverty level. So those are pretty much guaranteed. The ADAP program um, continues to enroll new um, patients with um, HIV, and we are an enrollment site as well. So if somebody came into Aid Atlanta, they can get hooked up with a case manager who can help them to apply for um, the ADAP program, and they will get their medications for free. Um, so it's really very accessible, as Dwayne talked about, and I think that that's one of the fears that people have is they get a diagnosis and then they're like, I know that I can't afford the care, I can't afford the medications, but, you know, give us a call. We can walk you through, um, you know, your options because the, um, our goal is to make sure that everyone in, is in care who is positive, is in care, and have the proper treatment that they need. That's one of our um, main um, tag missions is Mission 2020. There are about 14,000 people in the state of Georgia who they know they're HIV positive. So they were tested at some point, they know they're HIV positive, but they're not in care. And so where are those people? We are speaking to those people right now. If you have HIV and you know you are not in care, you haven't accessed a doctor or a provider, call Aid Atlanta. We can get you hooked up with a provider and give you options so that you can begin to take care of yourself and live and thrive with this disease. It's absolutely doable. You both have talked about the importance of education. I'm certain that many of our listeners right now are thinking, well, it's preventable if you don't engage in the behavior that might lead to getting sick, uh, abstinence, or not sharing needles if you are someone who is a drug abuser. 
those seem pretty obvious, but my sense is there's something even more significant than that that you're talking about. Well, when you think about a disparity, such as HIV, and you think, well, what is this relative to? How does a person acquire HIV? Is it really just the activity, or are there other things in place that put them at risk of acquiring it? So when you think about a systemic structure, or you think about a certain zip code, you think about certain disparities, such as uh, lack of insurance, lack of education, lack of ability to pay, it may put them at a risk of having to do behaviors that they otherwise would not consider. So when that happens, you see an increase in the infection rate, and it looks as if the person is just doing it on a sexual quest, but that is not the case at all. So I think the educational component for everyone listening or for anyone that um, wants to come in for our services is that we offer the education that you'll need to know how to protect yourself. We um, offer a range of protection risk reduction techniques and the education is always free. There's never a charge for that. There's never any restriction for that. So what we try to do is go out into the community and have a force and be a presence and get people to come out and rally around what we're trying to do here, which is reduce the uh, re risk reductions as well as people becoming infected with HIV in the state of Georgia, particularly in the metro area. So big headline a couple of weeks ago in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, half, essentially half of all black gay men at risk for contracting HIV. That had to send shockwaves through the community. Just people who saw that, what has the response been to you folks at Aid Atlanta based upon that reporting? We've gotten some information, um, some inquiries regarding it about if it's the way it's reported. Mm -hmm. All right, it says one and two. But I think what needs to be understood is that there are reasons why individuals may engage in higher risk behavior. Uh, if it's for what's considered survivor sex, which means that the person may have um, not have the option of using a condom if they're trying to su uh, survive for food, a place to live, yeah. clothes and things like that. So when you look at that statistic without considering the other variables that I just mentioned, it looks as if it's just an alarming stat that says that people are just rampantly having um, sexual behavior and putting themselves at risk um, arbitrarily, but that's not always the case. So part of our educational component has changed to include understanding why people are out um, possibly having unprotected sex against their will in the event that they're trying to survive. We want to make sure that they know that there are options for help in those areas. As Nicole mentioned, like case management or housing or uh, food assistance, we want to make sure they get connected to those resources as well for the support so that they don't have to do that. Do people self-report themselves and pick up the phone and call, or is it a result of someone that they know encouraging them and referring them to Aid Atlanta? I think there are many ways that um, we get referrals through doctors. You know, somebody might have went to their private provider, they um, opted in in terms of HIV testing, and, you know, they got a positive result, and those doctors, knowing Aid Atlanta, refer those people. We get um, referrals from um, peers, you know, so some, like you just said, a friend and encouraging somebody else to go in. Well, I've gone in, you know, go in, you know, it'll be okay. Um, so we get, we get referrals from uh, different, different um, resources, different places. Um, so yeah. Walk us through the process of what 
ex what an, an individual will experience upon contacting Aid Atlanta and, and reaching out for some kind of assistance. So we have a hotline. We run the Georgia State Information STD hotline, STD HIV hotline, and um, someone can call Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 9 o'clock, 9 p.m., and a live person will answer the phone and talk with you assess you know what's going on with you um, okay you're newly diagnosed or maybe you are out of care you know you're moving from another state you're trying to hook up with resources here and they will do a brief screening you know kind of ask you some pertinent questions about okay where are you located because we can maybe refer you to a, a site that we're aware of in another county where you can get your your care get your treatment um, so they do a screening, then that is depending on the need. So let's say they need medical care, uh, referral will go to our clinic. We do have a clinic on site, and we have a clinic also at, at Noonan in Noonan, um, Georgia, that covers 12 district counties. And they um, then get referred to the clinic, and they'll get an appointment. They'll be explained about the things they'll need to bring in because we are a grant-funded entity. You know, there are requirements and documents that you have to bring in. They'll bring those things in, they get an appointment, they see the provider, they get their labs drawn, the provider educates them about their HIV, how to, uh, the importance of adherence to their medical care and to their treatment regimens, and follow up with them every four, four months. So to check their, uh, monitor their disease progression. It's really very, um, it seems very simple. Um, but that's truly the process. And then, as Dwayne mentioned, if someone has, we, we notice that, okay, there are other social issues going on, other barriers like I don't have housing, I don't have access to food, I have a mental health issue, I'm having a hard time um, coping with the HIV, or I've had an issue before HIV, which may have led me to becoming um, HIV positive, substance use, those are things that we would then connect you to a case manager who can work and they will sit with you, talk about your plan, get your history, and their job is really to be your advocate and make sure that the resources that you need in order to um, live a quality life, that you can have those resources. The other major important thing is our goal is one of the other ways to prevent HIV transmission is by helping HIV positive people get to what's called an undetectable status in terms of their viral load. You might have heard yes. Magic Johnson, you know, oh, he's undetectable, people thinking he's cured. Well, you're not cured. It's just that your, your viral load levels, the volume of virus in your blood is at a, at a level that it's going to be um, way more um, difficult for you to transmit the disease. So if you think of it, if, if I am um, undetectable with my viral load, I'm not as likely to spread the disease to my partner. So that's another very important component of our education and prevention is to educate those people who are positive. Remember I talked about those 14,000 people who are not in care. Well, they may be sleeping with other people not in care, not on treatment, not taking ARV medications, and that's kind of how the disease spreads. The, the disease doesn't spread from negative to negative people. It spreads from a positive person 
to somebody who's negative. And so if we tackle the, um, the person who's positive as well, you have a twofold approach, then you're really hitting the disease in, at all different um, levels. Is it possible that there remains a stigma associated with uh, an HIV positive diagnosis, especially in the black community that keeps young black men continually engaged in this risky behavior? There is, absolutely. There's a stigma with HIV in general, particularly, um, as you mentioned, for certain communities within the African-American community, um, the um, MSM population probably does not feel that they have like the support they need from family members or friends or just feel they may be chastised for actually being gay or, or, or same gender loving and because of that they may MSM not men seeking men correct okay. MSM is men um, who have sex with other men All right, and um, they may seek comfort wherever they can get it from and so if they feel like okay I'm not getting it from home I'm not getting it from family members I'm gonna go out to the community to get medical care but they may be afraid you know, they may have the stigma associated with being seen going into an HIV clinic, um, going um, in places that are getting their meds filled at a, at a pharmacy if they feel like someone would see them because of the stigma attached to what that means. So what we try to do, as Nicole indicated, is break down those barriers. We try to make people extremely comfortable with coming in. Um, we try to make sure the services that they get, uh, they're welcome, um, everyone's educated, everyone's supportive, and we just go... Uh, in a process of coming through the door and you access whatever services you need with dignity and uh, you leave still with your dignity intact. One of the goals is to make sure that the person that enters our doors feels better for having entered than before they came. Several years ago, the, the big story in the HIV AIDS community was the number of, high number of African American women contracting the virus because they were negative, but were have had partners who were positive and perhaps did not report that. Are we seeing those numbers go down? Or is it about the same? It's about the same. Um, our rates for perinatal transmission are very low. Good. So that's, you okay. know, that's not as big of a, it, an issue. However, however, you have children who were diagnosed in the past who are now growing up, okay. who are now teens. So they're trying to figure out their own sexual behavior. How do they disclose, you know, to um, potential partners? Yeah, just too much for a young person to have to deal with. Way a lot. Symptoms that somebody might want to be aware of, since we're talking about the importance of education, that would say, hey, I do need to go somewhere and get checked. If it's not to an individual's primary care physician, but if someone suspects that or knows that they are at risk, and suspects that something might be going on, what do they need to be aware of that says, hey, we need to pick up the phone and call somebody? I think that if you have just that alone, that factor of I know I have engaged in risky behaviors, um, unprotected sex, uh, multiple partners, unprotected sex with multiple partners, um, IDU use, so intravenous drug use, if you're engaging in any of those types of risky behaviors, it behooves you to get yourself tested. Um, I think it's a, it's a, 
it's a great idea for everyone to be tested, that it should be normalized. So when you go to the doctor, when I go to the doctor, when Dwayne goes to the doctor, that when you go in, you are routinely tested for HIV. Because then it doesn't seem like this, oh, I did something wrong. So I should be tested today. Doctor, can you test me? Versus, okay, you're ready for your HIV test. We're going to do your lipids. We're going to do your CBC. We're going to check your cholesterol. You check, your just like you check A1Cs, everything else. Yeah. And we're going to test you How for reliable HIV. are those tests that I've seen behind the counter at the pharmacy? Very, very reliable. And so if somebody is, again, a home test. Yeah, one of those at-home tests, if they're thinking, okay, I'm not ready to actually have a conversation about this yet. I mean, it's akin to women getting those pregnancy tests. Yes. Um, very reliable, very affordable. Very reliable. I wouldn't say that affordable. You know, so for the particular population that we see come through the door, $60 for a HIV home test is not very affordable. When you come into places like Aid Atlanta, other places like AHF, positive impact, some of the, the other um, NASM, Sister Love, those places that provide HIV testing, um, you, you're going there for free. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your income is. Nobody's going to do an assessment of what your income is. They're going to help you. They're going right. to help you. You're going to be tested. Um, so those, yes, those are reliable. Um, the only um, thing to think of about in terms of information and education is just being ready for a result you know being ready for a positive result if you're sitting at home in your bathroom and by chance you are positive and being able to be prepared for that I think that that's what um, HIV centers like Aid Atlanta provides is that safety net once you if you are diagnosed positive there's somebody there to hold your hand and tell you it's gonna be okay and w counsel you and walk you through the process so that you're not by yourself. It's, I, I don't think it's a great feeling to have a positive result in an isolated type situation. So that's just one of the yeah. you know things to think about, but it is a tool. It is one of the tools in the toolkit. And if I could just add something to what Nicole just mentioned, what I've seen happen at our center is that people will go out and buy the test but they'll still come in to test with us. And the reason being is because they get that added support of it, understanding what a negative result means, understanding what a preliminary positive result means, and you can't get that from the store. You just buy it and leave the, and go to your home, and then you're sitting there with the result. You want to speak with someone, you don't yeah. know what to do with it. So I've had people actually come in and say, you know, I bought one from a pharmacy, but I want to come in and, and test again. And even though, you know, the test result is primarily the same because the tests are equally um, good, I think the, uh, part of it just needing to speak with someone that can tell them more about um, the questions or answer the questions they may have or more about the test definitely helps. So if there is someone listening who should take advantage of your services, wants to tell somebody about you, um, where do we want them to call? I know you've got a website, but not everybody has access to True. the internet. I mean, you're talking Absolutely. about barriers. So. How do easiest, they get a hold of you? Easiest way to call is call that info lines. That's one of the main um, ways we, we, we receive information in terms of people just calling in about information or they need to get connected. That number is 800-551-2728. And they can call between the hours of 8.30 and 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. Um, if they don't get a live person by some chance, they can leave a message and the, um, they will be called back within 24 hours. Outstanding. 
saying thank you very much to you, Nicole Roebuck, the Interim Executive Director for Aid Atlanta, and Dwayne Ford, the Associate Director for Prevention Services. Critically important information. Thank you all for coming in to share. Thank you for having us and spreading the message. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.